And welcome to episode number nine of Bird Noises, an Atlanta Falcons podcast about football and mostly everything else. And today, super excited to uh, be joined by a former Falcon who had, as a Falcon, more receiving yards as a Falcons tight end than Tony Gonzalez and oh. is tied with Tony G for the most touchdown receptions as a Falcon. The great LG Crumpler. LG, welcome to Bird Noises. What's up, Matt? Happy to have you here, man. I appreciate it. Thank I was you. digging that up today, and uh, those are regular season stats, not playoff, but uh, pretty good. You're uh, you're you're right up there. Um, well, I enjoyed my time here. Hopefully, I can stay up there for maybe one or two more years. But that guy named uh, Austin Hooper, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's getting better every year. Yeah. Um, so. Most people do a double take when they hear the hear the name uh, bird noises, and uh, so we, I I just ask. We've done you know eight of these now. Just gotta ask you, what, what, what do you what do you think of the name bird noises? Some people some people it catches them off guard. I, I like it. Okay, I'm cool with it. All right, cool. All right, good. That's 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 a pretty good endorsement. Um, all right. So since we're talking about names, you know where we're going. We gotta start off with your name. I. I I, before we get into any of this stuff, I just want to ask you about your name because it's so different, okay. so unique. Yeah. And let me know if I've got it right. Algernon Darius Crumpler. Algernon. 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 Yep. See, I, I butchered it. That's okay. West Al- Durham never butchered it. Really? From Every the time get-go. I called a touchdown, he called me by my government name. Oh. Algernon. Every time. Every time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a Durham call. All of my games from college, Woody Durham, and uh, oh, that's right, the great Woody. Durham. All of my Falcon years, West Durham. So the Durham family's been good to me. Yeah, I I lived in uh, Fayetteville. This isn't about me, but I did live in Fayetteville. Worked uh, at the Fayetteville Observer, so uh, I uh, got indoctrinated to Carolina, all things Carolina, Duke, Wake, East Carolina. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate the, when you bring up the name Woody Durham. Um, so about your name, your dad, Carlister. Carlister, yep. Okay, I got that right. Former Buffalo Bill Carlister. Uh, camped for a lot of years, but okay. never quite on a roster. But okay, um, made his impact in college, high school, three state championships uh, with Wilson Fike. Uh, at the time, the all-time leading rusher at East Carolina, and then uh, bounced around a little bit, but kind of set the foundation for our family. Yeah, uh, playing professionally. Well, his favorite book, apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong, was Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, my mom, they actually put names in a hat, and that was the only name on both of those lists. Oh, really? Yeah, Algernon. So so no no Matt on both of those lists. Oh, no right. John on both of those lists. No right. Brian, as my younger brother is named, uh, on both of those lists. So I would love to see the other nine names on that list. But Algernon is the name that came out. Yeah. Uh, no one could quite get it right. So <laughs> Algy it became. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So I was going to, we're going to go there. So did you ever read the uh, science fiction short story by uh, I did. Daniel Keyes? That, yeah, I did read it um, a few times. My my kids have, have read the book. Uh, I've seen the adaptation, Charlie, the movie. That's uh, right. There's been like um, 12 or 14 a lot of them, yeah. yeah. But uh, that is my name, Algernon. All right. Uh, let me ask you this: Did uh, when did people start calling you LG? LG. Um, so I don't even remember thing. my mom calling me Algernon. So it w- it's oh. always been Algie. 
Okay. Yeah. I, so I, I, my mom never called me, but I, I used to get picked on because, you know, as you get older, you know, there's no science in elementary school. You get it as in middle school and everybody's learning mm-hmm. about algae and stuff uh, on the okay. water. And so I used to get picked on and kids being kids. I remember crying to my mom saying, Hey, you need to call me by my real name, Algernon. And she did it for maybe a day, maybe a day, but it's, it's always been, always been, been algae. Now, even when she was mad, she didn't say, Algernon, Darius, get down here? No. Okay. Uh, it, it, in, right. in our family, it was all about a look. Oh, and okay. That, and, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. The, the look's a little more frightening. Um, can be. So I was going to ask you, too. You brought it up. I mean, you were you a big kid growing up? Cause it, I was. I was a big kid. Um, like, you know, when we're talking about elementary school, middle school. I was a big kid. I wasn't able to play Pop Warner because I was I didn't I didn't make the weight limit, so I was I was a bigger kid. Um, and they still, still kind of made algae jokes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, my my parents wouldn't let me. I got in trouble so many times for beating up my little brother that I know I couldn't beat anybody else up. Carlister, awesome. Ryan, my younger brother, but my oh. older brother, yeah. Oh, Carl. Okay. My older brother wasn't allowed to beat me up, but I always beat my younger brother up, and then my younger brother used to. Hit me all the time and and never get in trouble. But if I hit him one time, I always got in trouble. So, was um, this in Greenville or before you moved to Wilmington? Greenville, yeah, okay. Greenville. Okay. By the time I got to Wilmington, I I had um, chiseled up a little bit. So yeah, no one was messing with me then. I was gonna say. I mean, I was just gonna go out on a limb and, and guess that you were kind of a big dude. So I was a little chubbier growing up, and yeah. then then I thinned out, and then I retired and got a lot more chubby. <laughs> now I'm trying to thin back out. Hey. Aren't we all? Um, all right. So you you were born in Greenville. Yes. And then moved to the coast, coastal area, right? Wilmington. Moved to Wilmington, yes. Um, and you went to New Hanover High School. Yep. Um, big track and football star, correct? Track, yep. Uh, four state titles, throwing the shot button discus yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, football all the time. I wrestled my freshman year. I uh, played um, at what weight? One eighty nine. Okay. Yeah, I was one eighty nine my freshman year, um, and I had to cut about twenty pounds to make that. And then um, only thing, only reason I wrestled, I got cut from the basketball team, really? and they were in the same season. How tall were you? Uh, six two, okay. six one maybe. Just I got cut from the basketball team, so I went to wrestle, and um, hmm. I was about two ten, and then I I got down to one eighty nine because we had a heavyweight that. I was never going to beat. Oh, really? So okay. I, I learned to cut weight and I you got remember down. remember his name? No. Okay. But I, I cut weight and I got down. Uh, I wrestled. I was okay. Wasn't great, but I was okay. And then um, we moved to Wilmington. Nice area. My sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And then I played basketball my junior and senior year. But I did track my sophomore year because it was during the second semester that I was able to. I uh, never picked up a discus before in my life in the Warner State Championship that year. Yeah, I was reading about uh, all these records you had uh, in track. Um, you're obviously a pretty good football player, but uh, were, did you ever think about a career in track or pursuing track? I mean, you had to have been recruited, yes? No, I mean, I threw no? an ACC championship for shot putt yeah. and was able to place in the top three. So we were able to get points for our team at North Carolina. But in terms of I was good in North Carolina, but not great nationally. Oh, okay. So it would have it would have taken a lot more, you know, dedication. But my love was football. I okay. Mean, I was my love was you. basketball, actually. Okay. But there are no six two power forwards in the NBA, so 
I gravitated towards football and, yeah. and um, loved watching my brother play in college. I used to sell peanuts and drinks in the stands while my brother was playing. Where, where he went at East to Carolina, East Carolina, Carolina University. Yeah. yeah, I remember God. He dropped a ball and the guy yelled, and I threw some peanuts and hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> Hope the statute of limitations is over. Yeah, uh, but That's good stuff. but um, I didn't want him picking on my brother. He uh, he ended up playing in the NFL. Yes, he played five years for Seattle Seahawks and one year uh, under Denny Green uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, and then he retired. I was ho- we were hoping to be able to play together. But there was a year between his retirement and me coming into the National Football League, so we weren't able to play together. But he played six full years. Um, at New Hanover, you led the team in tackles, averaged eleven per game. You played linebacker, played every position except for quarterback. Did you play every position except for quarterback? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Pretty much every position. So they just was that because the coach didn't know where to put you, or what? Where, where did you, if you could have just picked, did you like? I mean, it's I didn't want to leave think? the field. Okay. More than anything. Um, I was recruited for college to be a defensive player. Um, when Mac Brown recruited me, who was back at North Carolina. The first time. So glad. Yeah. Yep. Who's back at North Carolina, Mac Brown, he recruited me. He asked what would get the edge, and I said, you know, I really want to play offense. Every school was recruiting me to play defense. And uh, I went to their camp, and we did the seven-on-sevens, and, you know, we won, like, every game. Little did I know he stacked the team. Everybody on that team was guys that he was recruiting. But I didn't know that as a 17-year-old kid back then. I didn't know how it worked. I just knew we were good as a team. We we didn't even know each other. Everybody knows each other now because of social yeah. media. Yeah. Back then, you know, it was if you didn't read the local paper or didn't stay up and watch the local news, you didn't know who anybody was. So. Interesting. So, um, but that's how we got the edge at North Carolina. And I went there and enjoyed my time in college and was drafted here in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, Mac Brown. He is. Uh, it's it, it's good to see him back. Uh, he's a, he was great on TV. Oh but, yeah. I mean, he was one of my favorites. And uh, you know, a lot of coaches come in try the TV thing. He was really good. What I learned about coaches is coaches coach man. Yeah. I mean, that's it's just what they do. Um, just walking in up here with you today, seeing some of the coaches. You know, Greg Knapp. I told him I give him a shout out. Yeah. On bird noises. Coach so Quinn. Coach Knapp, the quarterback coach. That's right. Coach Quinn, I did see DQ. But, you know, Knapp was here when I was here uh, for three of my really good years here. And, and um, you know, that's just – he's been a lot of places. He's back here. He's happy here. It's just – coaches just – coach, you know, that's what they do. Is they get up every day and just want to – uh, create and mold young men and make them better, and and uh, it's good to see. That was cool know, timing, actually. The other Matt, I think about Matt Ryan playing well. Yeah, that was cool timing. We, you know, walk. We're walking up the top of the stairs in the yep. headquarters here, and right down the hallway came Greg Knapp just as you were walking out, and uh, that's kind of cool. I'm kind of glad we timed it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so others, so other schools were pursuing you play defense. Other, so what other schools were you? Uh, did you want to go to Carolina the whole time? Uh, no, I mean, I, I what other my, were you my dad at? is a East Carolina graduate. My my older brother was an East Carolina graduate, and go Pirates and uh, the Pirates, yeah, and and um, all these schools were recruiting me hard, you know. But East Carolina at the time, I think they just assumed that I was going to come. But, you know, I was an impressionable young kid that was getting all this attention from these other schools, you know, South Carolina and Clemson at the time. And 
Clemson wasn't as good as they are now, but yeah. um, just a lot of different schools. And I and I thought there may be an opportunity to go to one of those schools, but you know when I got on campus at North Carolina and had a chance to get around Coach Brown and go through the recruiting process, it, it, it just became a special place for me. So I'm glad I made that decision. Yeah, he's a he's a terrific terrific guy. Um, <clears throat> so no track and uh you decide to stay home let's let's switch gears for a second all right so you you majored at unc in uh journalism and mass communications no i was a communications major okay uh, but not journalism i read that i wrong. started with communications thinking that that was going to lead to journalism and mass communications but oh, journalism school gotcha. was pretty big pretty hard to get into I had so to, I yeah, just stuck with that's what communications. I journalism school, yeah. Um, journalism school is special at North Carolina. Um, it'd have been nice to get into, but it'd been a little tough at the time. If you hadn't played football, if you weren't playing football, if you didn't have football, or you didn't think you were gonna um, pursue it as a career, what would you have wanted to do? What What, what it would you have been dream something in a service industry? Because okay. um, I love helping people. Um, and not getting any credit. So just something where I can kind of be around people and, and help and and uh, do something there. I don't know exactly what specific area of the service industry, but mm -hmm. I would have gravitated towards uh, something in the service industry had hmm. football not worked out. Interesting. Um, I always like to ask athletes that if, if they hadn't had sports, if they, what they, what they kind of envision themselves doing and, the responses are always really, really interesting. I, um, I needed sports though, because I, um, if I got mad, I needed an outlet, you know, so sports was always something to help me, but I'm, you know, now I'm so, so laid back, you know, I can sit back and just, you know, football is on every day. It seems so I can, anymore. I can sit back right? and, and watch, you know, any game I want to at any given point in time. Um, got a great routine for when the Falcons are on the road. I'm at all the home games when the Falcons are I'm, here. I'm so. going to ask you about the Falcons here so, in a minute. That's pretty cool. Um, interesting. So, uh, you know, that's funny. Harry Douglas was on the podcast, the last podcast, and he said the same thing. He needed an outlet. And so. Harry's a spark plug. He is. Harry's got a lot more energy than I do. <laughs> we did the uh, kickoff event before the 2018 season down in Atlantic Station. And this dude took over the crowd, the microphone crowd, yes. 5,000 people down in Atlantic Station, and he was sweating yes. by the end of this this thing. Harry is a spark plug. I would have loved to have played uh, with Harry. And it's amazing. We had to – our career mirrored each other, you know. Both 83, mm -hmm. both start with the Falcons, both finish – well, both play with the Titans. Titans. So we've had yeah. very similar careers. Yeah, he's an interesting, uh, interesting dude. Very colorful. Uh, he was making bird sounds. I'm not gonna do that. Not gonna get one out of you. Nah, no. Okay. Uh, uh Not me. Come on. Well, by the end of this podcast, we'll get a bird sound out of you. Who do? Uh, who? There you go. There you go. There we go. Trevor Lasso. Did you get that? Shout out to Big Boy. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your NFL career. Thank you, you. Uh, you had a pretty good career at Carolina, and uh, you end up being, man. Three picks out of the first round. 35th, right? Mm-hmm. Almost a first-round pick. Um, I blame that on Todd Heap, by the way. 
the uh, tight end. Tight end, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, that's it. Okay. Um, was he had a great I career? He was, he was first round pick, right? Yeah, first round had a great career. Um, and you were the met second him a tight few end? times. Great, great dude, but always jokingly, he didn't work out prior to the draft. Everybody knows he was going to be the first tight end taken. I just assumed I'd be the second tight end taken, but I felt like if he would have worked out, he'd have got taken earlier in the first round, and then I'd have popped right up in there. So I always blamed that on him. But oh, you thought if he had worked out, he would have gone higher, higher. And then another Higher, tight, end tight end needy team would have taken you. Yeah, the next one would have said, okay, here's a run on tight end. Let's see if we can get, get the kid from North Carolina to come in. But no, nah, it, it actually pretty high worked pick, out perfect, man, because um, I'd say uh, the, the Falcons made the trade with the Chargers. You know, they were able to get that number one pick and get Michael Vick. And then um, you and Vick. Yeah. One, two. Yeah. And then I came in and of all, I had. I had so many teams. I had about five or six teams on my list that I just knew were going to take me based on my interviews, based on my communication with my agent. I didn't interview with the Atlanta Falcons at really? all. I trained here in Atlanta, and little did I know their scouts used to come out and watch the practice. But I, our, our, our workouts, but I never had one sit-down interview Why that I remember that with were the they Atlanta just Falcons. trying to just keep it really uh... – I low, don't know. Low key, down I, low. I, I don't know. I don't know how things were going to pan out. Who were the five I'm other glad teams that they made? That uh, Philly, thought. Philly. Um, I joke with Rich McKay because he was the um, the guy over in Tampa, and I said, you know, they t- I, they were going to take me, and they traded up in the first round to get a tackle. I think it was King Yada Walker, the Oakland Raiders, uh, Baltimore, who ended up Took taking um, Todd Heap, and I can't remember the other one. Okay. But I just knew it was going to be one of those teams, but it was not at all. I think Cincinnati was the other team, but it was not going to be Atlanta. Atlanta. But I'm glad they picked me. I I was glad until I got off the plane and read the paper and they said Dan Reeves (laughs) drafted another tight end and the fans were upset. Oh, well. You know, Falcons fans, you score, they'll they'll love you. Um, They, uh, you know, they they can be be fair. They're fickle sometimes, but – not to me. I enjoy my Falcon fans. Yeah. Repeat that. I enjoy my Falcon fans. Awesome. Plus, I go to all the games. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. But do you remember the other guys in your draft class? It was Michael Vick, you, Roberto Garza. Roberto Garza, who had the Garden. longest career of all of us. He went to the Chicago Bears and played a long time. I think he played 14, maybe 15 years. Uh, 2014. Keenan Forney, one of my best friends. He's, he was a seventh rounder, probably one of the best guards ever to come through Matt this organization that doesn't get the credit. Matt Stewart Vinny out of Sutherland. Vanderbilt. Vinny Sutherland out of Purdue. Kick returner. Randy Garner. Didn't make the team, but we played each other the very first week of the regular season because as soon as we cut him, San Francisco picked him up. We kicked the ball off, and he's returned the kick. And then uh, <laughs> who was the other one? No, Corey Hall was one. Who was Corey the other Hall. One? Uh, Quinn McCord. Uh Kenyon Forney, Ronald Flemons. Ronald Flemons. And Quentin McCord. And Quentin McCord, yeah. Randy Gardner. Yeah. And Quentin had one of the best Seventh single round. games. One, two, three. He had four seventh-round you know, picks. Until Julio got here. He had one of the best single games in Falcon history. He only played two th- uh, two seasons. Uh, three. Three. So you and Vic get here mm-hmm. and uh, had you guys – 
kind of change the city, take the city by storm, take and eventually take a country by storm. One of the he took the city by storm. But I mean, you were a big part of that. It was it had to have been like these are electrifying times here, right? The no, he took the city by storm. I used to get to the club and wait for him to get there so I could get in. Didn't want to spend <laughs> twenty bucks. I was cheap, man. So what was that whole thing like? Because I know it was the you know, all I think of is the Dickens quote. It was the best of times, the worst of times because the highs and the lows, but we didn't have, cons- I, I always said, tell people, I said, we could beat any team we played. We just weren't consistent. Um, we were going to be exciting. Yeah. We were going to have a lot of fun, but you didn't know what team was going to so- show up uh, when, when we kicked the ball off. Um, and there were a lot of special moments and I, and I, um, I enjoyed a lot of them. Some of them weren't so good. Some of them I've tried to dump from my memories until I'm reminded. Um, but um, I'll try not to. There were there were some here. good. No, that's okay. There were some good years though. I mean, that's what we we're talking about. I like yeah, you know, trying to go down memory memory lane. Well, you had said in the Land Journal Constitution about playing with Vic. Those were fun times. It was the Michael Vic experience, and I really thought we had enough to get beyond the NFC Championship game in 2004. Um. What was your favorite Michael Vick moment? The Superman slide. Oh, Carolina, yeah. Against the Carolina Panthers. Um, did you ever find yourself during a game going, you know, just amazed at what he did on the field? Or did he surprise you even in? Well, I was amazed at a lot because we, you don't, um, there are no scrambles in practice, you yeah. know, until we work on the scramble drill, which is scripted. Um, there are no um, highlight reel practice runs. Right. You know, they those things just don't happen. Right. Um, the play is designed to do this, but yeah, then when yeah, you get once in the game you, and it breaks down. Yeah, once you break through the line of scrimmage, everybody <clears throat> tags off, the running back runs 20 or 30 yards down the field to get, you know, some extra conditioning in or the receiver catches the ball. You know, like a Roddy White and then takes it, you know, 20 or 30 yards to get some extra conditioning in. But the highlight moments don't generally happen in practice. So in the games, whenever there are things that were improvised and in our offense, a lot of it was, um, it stood out. Mm-hmm. Um, you you end up having a great career here. We, t- we talked about your stats here. Uh, four-time pro bowler here. Um, at the end, you know, it was probably the time you're referencing that you probably don't want to remember too much. Um, but then you signed with Tennessee. Yep. Tennessee. And then you played with, uh, or then you also went to New England. Two years in Tennessee, one Two, year in New England. Yeah. And and you worked with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron, the late Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. There, I had him their rookie year. Oh yeah. And and that was that was pretty cool too. I want to ask you about that too, because um, I came across this quote that I thought was really interesting. And you were talking about your time in New England. You said, that is the most fun I've ever had to have the chance to play with Tom Brady. I just wish that I would have, that I would have still had some tread on my tires. The way Tom prepares, manages the game and leads in leads is incredible. I'm still dumbfounded that he was a late draft pick, but I love playing for the Falcons, but I think I learned more my 10th year than I did my first time. And Bill Belichick was very complimentary of you, how you always did, always were in the right place at the right time, knew how to handle yourself the right way. Yeah. Uh, 
you were a pro's pro, and he always respected that about you. He just said he Algie always did the right thing at the right time every single time. We had a great level of communication. Um, I was one of the team captains in that organization that already won championships. I'm the outsider that's coming in, and uh, I remember the first time uh, Kevin Falk tore his ACL. They needed another captain, and they appointed me the captain, and I'm sitting in there with Tom Brady and Gerard Mayo and, and Vince Wilford. Oh, yeah, Big know, Vince. The core of their organization with Bill Belichick every single week. And my opinion mattered. You know, Coach Belichick pressed me on things that were going on with the team. You know, what do I see? I value your opinion. And I was able to give my opinion just like everybody else. And then we defer to coach and we go out and execute the game plan that was that was um, implemented for that week. I found it amazing that the game plan changed drastically every single week, but that's what that organization does to, to win games and it works. Um, but I don't wanna yeah, that's interesting keep stuff. talking about that organization yeah. because what they did to this organization, my organization, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I enjoyed immensely my time there. And I did learn a lot. And it's interesting, though, that I read Michael Bennett pretty much say the exact same thing this week in the news. He's with the Cowboys because yeah. they're playing the Patriots this week mm -hmm. that he learned more in his little limited time. I learned a lot. I mean, it was amazing the way things were taught, the way things were organized. And I just was part of me was furious that I, it wasn't taught that way all the years that I played. And part of me was just just um was a level of understanding like wow okay this is why this organization does what they do because mm -hmm. the product on the field is the only thing that matters mm -hmm. do you still do you you consider yourself a falcon though yeah i do okay um who was the greatest player that you ever played with as a teammate what is it vic um the greatest player yeah Who's your, who, of all the teammates you had? Because um, you played I, with so some great I played, names. You I played, played yeah. three games with Randy Moss, and it was amazing. Before we traded him away when I was in New England. Yeah. But it was <clears> – his football knowledge was amazing. The way that he spoke about football in terms of the way that we understood it, it was amazing, but in in terms of um, the work ethic and and the time that it took to put into being a pro, it was Tom Brady. Okay. Um, I'd never, I'd never been on a team where the after beating a team by thirty, the quarterback was on the plane with a laptop preparing for the next opponent. Hmm. I'd never, never been around that. I mean, I've been around teams where we're celebrating you know, beating a team by 30 and we'll get to the next opponent on Wednesday. In due time. In due, yeah, in due time, but never um, been around someone that put so much time in to their craft from a mental standpoint as as Tom Brady. Yeah, it was it was amazing to see. Um, <laughs> and I, di I just named two very different people, but that made the biggest impression on me in terms of how they – prepared for a game, explain the game in practice on a, on a daily basis. Interesting. That's good stuff. Um, 
Who was the greatest player you ever played against? Warren Sapp and Michael Strahan. Two defensive players. And then Brian Dawkins. But every time I say Brian Dawkins, they remember me getting rocked. So I'm going to leave him out of it. He, yeah, he's I'm, got his glory. I'm going to leave Doc out of it, even yeah. though he's he's my buddy. All right. But so Warren Sapp, who I hated and got into it with many a time, but it didn't matter how many times we prepared for him alone, he would still beat the bust up some of the plays that we had designed to take him out of the game. And then uh, Michael Strahan, he could get off the ball so slow and you would blink and then the quarterback's on the ground. Never seen anything like it. You had guys that just get off so fast and you can block them, but he would get off and you would think, okay, this is not going to work. He's going to wrap around and, and somebody else is going to come the other way and then is that Africa, a, abracadabra, he's gone. Is that a he's slow first there. step but a really fast second step? Is that what that is? He's a closer. That's a closer. all. He's a finisher. And I think that's the thing that matters the most is guys that know how to finish, and, and Michael Strahan was one of those guys. I was an intern um, in Tampa in 95 when Warren was uh, a rookie with Derek Brooks. Yeah, he, he Pretty good draft class, Rich McKay. Yeah, it was pretty good draft class. Um, you brought up Dawkins, and I just got to just – I got to just throw this out here. Why is it that every time everybody brings up that hit, and it was on PhiladelphiaEagles.com too and a couple other places, it's always labeled as Brian Dawkins steamrolled LG Crumpler in the 2004 championship game. You he caught, did. You caught the he ball did. and you got up. Yeah, he did. And and it's not like he that doesn't bother the ball me. Loose. That's football. You get hit. Yeah, it's a hard play. That that uh, you stay what in bothered the game, me yes. is I joke with I joke with Dawkins and he said that play changed the game. We scored on the very next play. That's it was wasn't it a fourteen three game or something like that. Yeah, we we scored on the very next play. Okay, work done scored. Yeah. So I didn't see it because I was hurt on the sideline for that oh, next you, play. Did you take the? Next but I only play. took one okay. playoff. Okay. One. Yeah, well, you stay in the game. You caught the ball. Yeah, and you know, for all for all you can tell, watching the replay, Dawkins didn't know what planet he was on, but he stayed in the game. He he was hurt. Yeah. That's the reason why we scored. He was hurt. He was a little woozy. Well, I don't get that. I mean, you caught the ball and got up. So hey, um, a hard hit's a hard hit. A hard hit. You it got, doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It might as well catch it. Was, it. it was, it was going to hurt either way. It was a legal hit. It was shoulder. It was shoulder. It was legal by today's standards. Yeah, probably would have drew a flag because I don't know what the refs look at these days. But it was We're not legal. Go into there. The, I can. I can't get fined for this. I well, can't it's on AtlantaFalcons.com, so just you know, keep keep that in mind. Matt Tabeek <laughs> did not say that. I did. Oh, I love it. All right, so I just had to get that Brian Dawkins bit off my uh, my chest because I, <clears throat> I'm not an Eagles fan, but uh, he's a great player. We'll just leave it at that. Okay, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, you had quite the career here, um, and I think four. You were four time Pro Bowler, but I think you were the leading receiver a few years too, weren't you? Were you not? Yeah. Um, that's a pretty interesting. Tight end. Um, I think your best year statistically was oh five. You had eight hundred seventy seven receiving yards. Just that that whole stretch from. Uh, I, I want to say 2003, 2004, five, six, uh, was was pretty darn good. Um, it, was, it was pretty cool. Chris Berman used to have a lot of fun with you too on on the highlights too. 
Yeah, it w- it was pretty cool. Your I household mean. name is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if I was a household name, but oh, you definitely the, were. You definitely were. I mean, you're a fantasy draft. You were like top two, three guy every year. Um, you know, I just just those having, are early having stages of fantasy York, football too. And, yeah, it was. and I didn't understand it at the time, but man, Do I was score touch. No, I don't play, but I was okay. score touchdown. And we'd lose the game. We were all, we only won like four or five games that year. We would lose the game, and my neighbors would have cookies baked for me, talking about they had great <laughs> fantasy points. We win by fifteen, and I'd get home, and there'd be crickets, and nothing there, and I'd be like, because I only up? caught two balls for uh, eight yards. So you screwed their fantasy. So I was like, man, yeah. this fantasy stuff is gonna take off one day, and little did I know, it's it's as huge as it is now. But man, yeah. those, those I went to four straight Pro Bowls, but the first year I went. We won five games, yeah. And I was over in Hawaii. My wife was pregnant with our oldest daughter, uh, who's fifteen now. And I literally would be on the elevator, and Peyton Manning would walk on, and I'd be looking at him, introducing myself, and he'd be like, "Oh, I know who you are." And I'm sitting there going, "Why am I here?" Because I thought I, I equate everything to a team. You know, I needed our team to be good yeah. to accept like this award of being able to come over here and and be considered one of the better players in the league at the time. But it Humble just guy. felt it felt really – I don't know if it's – it just felt weird, man. It was like everybody's home and I'm over there trying to enjoy everything. You know, it's a 10-hour flight. My wife's like eight months pregnant, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is this is going to be tough. This is tough. I don't know. It's tough. Twist, twist my arm to go to Hawaii, Honolulu. Uh, you know, they play it in Orlando now. I, I can do that. Yeah. Our flight, yeah. I can do that. So, do you, do I don't want I don't want to take back any experience that okay. I had right. in Honolulu. All the years I went, it was in Honolulu, and my family enjoyed it immensely. I so think the players really it liked back. it, though, didn't they? It was it was kind of a cool deal. There's a reason why it moves around, and that's okay. above above my head. So, uh, <laughs> I'll let the guys that are upset that I was talking about the stripes deal with that. All right. Um, all right, let's have a little bit of fun before we wrap this up and talk about this year's team and what you're doing. All right. Um, you know, we, you, you, we talked about the hardest, uh, or we talked about the greatest player you faced and greatest guy that you, uh, greatest player that you played with and, and against, that kind of stuff. But uh, you asked me who my favorite teammate was. I did not. Work done. Yeah, he's a great guy. Work done. Such a good dude. My favorite. Such a just, he's just a really just, Good dude. Special guy on and off the field. Great. I met him once, and, and, you know, I won't get into the conversation, but the, the next time I saw him, he asked about uh, he asked about my mother. Uh, he's just He just remembers stuff. Work special. Um, he exudes a lot of the same qualities as Mr. Blank because he cares about you. Uh, he wants to know about you. And, um, you know, everything that he's doing from his home for the holidays, charity, um uh, it's just all about giving back. You know, there's not a more special teammate than I've had than him. Um, All right, let's go inside the huddle now. All right. It's the weirdest thing that's ever happened inside a huddle. Weirdest conversation or just think, did you ever, or on a football field, we'll just open it up. I, I wish I could tell the story the best, but my first regular season game was against San Francisco um, just prior to 9-11. And first ever game, regular season game. Okay. Um, I don't know who he played in the preseason, but the first regular season game was on the road 
2001 against the San Francisco 49ers, who at the time was in our division because we were the old NFC West, not the NFC South since the realignment. And um, is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, and correct. Uh, Chris Chandler starts the game, and I don't remember what happened in the series that Chris was in there, but the very first series that Michael Vick gets in the huddle, he takes his helmet off, pulls out chapstick, and puts it on, and we were just looking at him like, do you have chapstick in your helmet? <laughs> <laughs> that was his place to keep it. It was the best icebreaker I think I'd ever seen That uh, is in, a, just... in a huddle. Phenomenal. Uh, def- I c- I'd never forget Jamal Anderson's face because he locked eyes with everybody after Mike pulled it out of his. Cause where, we where did he put it? Like by his It was just pads? in the pads in, okay. in his helmet. Okay. Uh, I, I, I was amazed that Gotta this keep the, was the, happening. The lips uh, moisturized. It, I guess so. I, it was, that, it was so that's a, a very secret. funny moment. Uh, but that was the first before his first ever play. In the National Football League, did he just kind of do that to kind of loosen everybody up, or no. he was he was that was his he was mean, serious? I, no, okay. that was just a normal part of his getting ready to play. And routine. he and he continued to use the chapstick. I'm assuming, right? I don't know if he kept it in his helmet. Okay, but yeah, that is unbelievable. That is that's that's gold. That is phenomenal. This is why we have Algie Crumpler on the podcast. Um, Hootie who? Hootie who? That wasn't a good bird. Song. That was a good one too. Um, I repeated you for some reason. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, you know, I'm you kind of left me speechless with that one. I think I'm just gonna just wrap that right there. So <laughs> let's let's talk about these Falcons. You you were out talking to the coaches and stuff like that. It sounds like you still go to all the games. I go to all of them. Okay. Um, I've been going to them for about five years. Okay, I've been retired for. Eight years now, I've been going to them for. Some guys go and some guys don't. Anyway. Five, yeah. I mean, I was tailgating a lot, and I go to. I for five years, I never missed a home North Carolina football game. I bought a motor home, and I get up and down the road, and I go tailgate, and have a good time. Um, Cause you live where now? I live in Suwannee. Okay, I, li- I live here in the Atlanta uh, area. So you make the trip up and six hours down, six hours back. Wow, and leave it. Four in the morning, park it, and then drive down to the old Georgia Dome to get ready for Falcons kickoff. So That's it was fun awesome. for a lot of years, but now the kids have a lot of things on the weekends. Sports. A uh, lot of lot of sports, a lot of activities, yep. birthday parties. How many kids? Three girls. Good birthday for you. parties, all kinds of stuff that yeah. interferes with um, that seat license that I paid uh, for the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, but I go. It's okay. Hey, yeah. I go and I give I the tickets. I, I, I give the tickets that. to friends of mine. Don't call me if you don't know me, but I give the tickets to <laughs> friends of mine if I can't make the games because I want to make sure the Falcon fans are sitting in my seats. It's awesome. Um So here they are. They start off one and seven. They've won the last two. And coming out of the bye, you, you saw what they did down in New Orleans. And then you saw what they did. And everyone kind of thought, oh, well, okay. They came off the bye. It's their their big rival. Uh, they're motivated. They kicked in the doors of the Superdome, I like to say. But what they did was impressive and holding them without a touchdown. Drew Brees without a touchdown. But then they come up to Charlotte, and it's almost as, as impressive, if not more impressive, what they do. 
So it's like, okay, so everyone's going, where's this been all year? Who cares? You kind of wish you start with the division now. Yeah. This is probably one of the latest division games I've seen on a schedule. All their division games are in the second half of the season. In a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been pretty cool um, so seeing what the, I wanna, la- the yeah. last two games and how everything has turned around and looked like a completely different team. Um, well, you've played in the league 10 years and you've seen a lot of ups and downs and weird things and streaks. And wh- yeah. What do you make of this team? Um, they They're just clicking at the right time playing better at the right time. Um, DQ made some gutsy decisions that a lot of people questioned, but it has benefited his team, and the guys are playing playing well, move coaches around, the guys are playing well, and, and just hoping that this can continue. I don't care what happens. You know, I don't care about playoffs. I just care about just seeing good, competent football down the stretch so that when myself or any hardworking – Falcon fan that's paid for these tickets come and show up that they're getting a good product and the last two weeks we've seen that and I'm pretty I'm hoping it continues yeah I think it's coming up here too where they play uh, I think is it four out of the next five games home games uh still be good for the fans and uh yeah the fans are excited I I do a, a mailbag every day and it it's amazing you lose four games in a row five games in a row Six games in a row. Everybody's everybody wants everyone's head on a stake. But it seems like every every year though, there's been a rough stretch, and DQ has found a way to turn it around. He has. Um. So, you know, it's turned around now, and guys that weren't playing well are playing better, and that's that's just what you expect. You know, I love the fact that I found more and more Saints fans in my contacts in my phone as each quarter went along. I found more and more uh, Panthers fans in my phone <laughs> as each quarter went along and sent them some nice messages to go along <laughs> with that butt whooping that the birds were giving them. So um, I just wanted to continue. Yeah, it's I was I was really happy for uh, Falcons fans too because you know what? People are going to remember this season. After that game, I said people are going to remember this season. Yeah, so what? Besides the record, they went in and took a really good New Orleans team and, and just throttled them. You know, you couldn't tell which team was 1-7. And, seven, what and I want to throttle one. them again. It's coming up. But Thanksgiving. take care of the Bucks first. This is a game you have to win, yes? Eat a little turkey, then take care of the Saints. Those two ga- those past two games were teams that were, you know, decent records. The Bucks is a, it, right? You tell me. Is this a game you must win? They all are must win. Rich, well, yes. Rich McKay called it a validation game, though. I mean, it's it's you have to. This is the team you're supposed to beat, yes or no? I mean, I need the me. same effort, okay, and the, and the same production. Uh, it's kind of hard to have that. T- the, the production has been amazing, though. The team that only had seven sacks, and then you get uh, what eleven in two games. Yeah, after only having seven sacks. You know, Trufant's the only guy with interceptions, and then you get four, you know, in this past game. Three in the first half. Yeah, Yeah, so um, I'll take it. I don't think any Falcon fan wouldn't take it. Um, Forget about about draft picks. Just put out a good product. If you put out a good product with your guys you have, you'll draft a good guy coming up. Well, I don't want to talk too much about the Bucs game because this podcast is actually coming out next week. Okay, next week. All right. So the Bucs game will have been decided by the time this comes out. So to your point – 
just keep stacking wins. Keep stacking. Just, just keep playing well. Keep putting on a good product. You know, make it, put out a product that Falcon fans. I've met a lot. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all around the city. I see a lot of Falcon fans. I interact with a lot of Falcon fans. They just want to see good football. They want to see competent football. Um, and the product that we've seen uh, during this turnaround is what the Falcon fans expect. So let's let's continue to give it to them. That's a great place to wrap this up too. Uh, Algie Crumpler. Algernon Crumpler. Algernon, that's right. Thank you for coming on to Bird Noises. It was a it was a lot of fun. Hootie who? Hootie who? And I hope you come back too. You want me back? All right, I'll come back. You come back? I'll come back. All right. Nice That's studio. Awesome. Great studio. Well, Trevor Lasso and Austin Hill will appreciate that. All right. Hey, thanks so much. All right. Refs All right. get the pass interference right. Hi, this is Algie Crumpler, Old School Dirty Bird, and you're listening to Bird Noises with my main man, Matt Tabeek.